You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When the red light goes... Take two. When the red light goes off, we're just getting started. This is Off Air with Chris Thomas and Mike Conti. Giving you a look behind the scenes of Atlanta's top sports station. As we take you through the top stories of the week from the world of sports and entertainment. Welcome to Off Air. I thought coming from New York City where I was born and raised, there was nowhere in the world that could possibly have worse traffic. <laughs> and then Welcome to Atlanta. And then I moved to the ATL. Because even on a holiday where everyone else is off, me and you are the only ones here right now. Yeah. This floor is a ghost town, yep. other than me and you. Maybe a cleaning lady walking yeah, around. Cleaning, cleaning lady, yeah. you know, represent to them, shout out. Yep. They keep they keep our uh bathrooms nice and clean. I will say we do have some nice bathrooms here on the yeah, ninth we, floor yeah, we do. at Colony Square. But the traffic monster ate up Joe Patrick. The ATL traffic monster, even on a holiday. How long is your drive in here? 35 minutes without traffic. Okay. So about an hour every single day. Well, I I do get – so I do a lot of morning shifts downstairs. So I'm out there in the wee hours, so I'm pretty cool. And then I do the morning shift on the weekends when I'm here. So I, I miss it a lot. But trust me, I've I've had it plenty enough that um, there's two things that I tell people to live by. One, the Georgia Peach Pass. It is well yes. worth the investment. Yep. And, I mean, you're talking to someone who's been here 25 years. I remember there were no HOV lanes and or pay lanes on any of these highways. Okay? I remember, I mean, and the listeners out there will remember this, when 400 had a toll. You know, we thought that thing was never going to go away. It finally did. Didn't do anything for the traffic. 400 traffic still just as bad. And uh, the other thing is this, you know, just leave early. You've got to learn to leave early. But, but Chris, I give you one other town that it does not matter what time of day, what day of year, L.A. traffic. See, LA I've, traffic. I've never been. Oh, brother, I'll tell you this. It's worse than here. It's worse than here. I don't even here. know that that's humanly possible. And I'll tell you why it's humanly possible. I remember I've been out there twice for a Lakers game. I've been out there to see the Falcons play. Uh, when I went out there the first year, the Super Bowl year, when they went out to play the Rams and the old Coliseum, like, oh, I got to go, I got to go. In Atlanta, you know, 5 a.m., by 7 p.m. at night, it's over. But in L.A., it can be 1 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock in the morning. You're on a 10, you're on a 5, you're like, where is everybody going at this hour? Because it's still bumper to bumper in the wee hours of the night. So you're saying it should be L.A., not New York. That's the city that never sleeps. Well, I don't think either. I mean, I think New York just took the name first, and L.A. said, yeah, y'all can have it. But neither one of those cities sleep very much. Well, the man of the hour has arrived. He fought. Scraped, clawed his way to get in here. Ooh. Ran over a couple uh, mini SUVs that's on right, the way. That's right. Get out of the way. Charging yeah. his Mike Bell style, charging to get in here. <laughs> Joe Patrick, we're doing something special today for this entire 4 p.m. hour. It is the official 92.9 The Game 
Falcons offseason roundtable, and we bring in Joe Patrick, our very own Falcons. Can I call you an insider reporter? Yeah, Yeah, that all sounds good. All the above. I'll take it. So what we're doing here, guys, is 404-741-0929. We're taking your calls. Any and all questions for the Falcons offseason is on the table. And, boy, we know there's a lot of them. And, Joe, before we look ahead, let's look back a little bit. Sure. How would you grade Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot in year two? Because I think, given the circumstances, they did a pretty damn good job. I think you got to give it a, probably a solid B plus. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like you can't give an A to any NFL team unless you're actually making the playoffs. Uh, but that was always going to be a, a obviously incredibly tough task for this Falcons team that was dealing with, you know, a franchise record and dead cap and all the things that we know we've discussed it on this show and on this uh, on the station for the entirety of the season. But I think that this coaching staff absolutely made the most of what they had on the roster. And what they did in the draft, you see guys like Tyler Algier come from yep. out of nowhere from a fifth-round pick yep. to yep. being a 1,000-yard rusher and one of the top rookies in the NFL. I mean, I think that so many things went right for the Falcons this year. It was very important for that to happen because it really lays the groundwork for a lot of the things we're going to talk about you know, in this coming hour in terms of how far they can leap going into this next year when they finally kind of have the financial freedom to go ahead and add to this roster. Well, we got callers lining up already. You're a popular man at 404-741-0929. Josh, speaking of the highway, he's on Highway 316. Josh, what do you got? Hey, guys. Hey, uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I talk to a lot of Falcons fans all all the time, and, you know, with all the dead cap and the bad signings and players on contracts that shouldn't be on, the way I describe this Falcons team is, Whenever Dimitrov and Dan Quinn were left, the Falcons organization was like a five-star restaurant that was 24 hours. They had to keep going. Mm-hmm. And so when the new regime came in, they still had to put food out for, for, people, for people to do. But what they had to do these past two seasons is they had to clean up all the bad dishes. They had to get rid of all the bad food. They had to do all these things in order to get the kitchen back right. I think now the kitchen is back right. I think... Uh, the head coach, uh, he's been doing a fantastic job. I think right now it's going to be Fontenot that's really going to be uh, going to be tested in this offseason. My question for Joe Patrick is, what is the one thing they cannot get wrong in the offseason as far as bringing in talent and bringing in players that are going to do this team right? I feel like for me personally, I think it's defensive line. I think that whole – idea of the Falcons just having a horrible defense, not having anywhere near the number of sacks that they need to, I think that is an issue that must be addressed. And like, we can't have that storyline going into the next season. So got, my question is, like, what is the one thing Terry Fontenot cannot get wrong? Thank you, Josh, for the phone call. Appreciate it. 404-741-0929. All right, Joe. They can't screw it up. And here's, here's his <laughs> analogy. I think year one – like you said, the kitchen was a mess. They were just making a big old stew. Whatever ingredients were in there, Throw it in they're there. throwing in chili they the, beans. They had the Cheesecake Factory menu, yeah. just like, you know, one whatever. One of everything. <laughs> then, they, then they cleaned it up. Last season, they were serving deli sandwiches on a little platter. It's good. It's, you're content with it. Are you going to bring a first date there? Probably not. I think this season, we're ready to serve up some steak. Mm. But you can only serve up the steak if you got the right chef in the kitchen. And that chef in the kitchen is represented by this position 
not being the one that the Falcons take. What is it, Joe? Oh, man, that, you, man you set it up so poetically there, Chris. Uh, I mean, I, I think that Josh is totally right that it's the pass rush has to improve. Uh, th- this team has the lowest amount of sacks combined over the last two years in the NFL, helped by two years ago having by far the lowest sack total in the NFL. Um, so, But I think you can go about this a number of ways. Just because you need a lot of sacks does not necessarily mean you have to draft an edge rusher. And the interesting thing about – this draft and where the Falcons pick lies is I feel like they're a little bit outside of the kind of cream of the crop kind of quote unquote can't miss type of guys. Of course, every every prospect can potentially miss, but you're not in for the Will Anderson, and the Jalen Carter. So then what do you do? I think that this team, the more I've been thinking about this draft, I really think that the pass rush can be significantly elevated by drafting a top corner uh, with, with that pick at number eight. And then if you have him opposite A.J. Terrell, two really quality corners, we know the team's going to be in a lot more man coverage this year. That's going to give some of the young pass rushers that you drafted last year a lot more time and opportunities to get to the quarterback, where last year they were playing in such soft zone so often throughout the season because they were guarding against the lack of talent that they had in the secondary. Quarterbacks could just get rid of the ball before, even if they felt like the rush was going to get there, they could just get rid of it. And so they and so the team wasn't getting home as much as you would like. So um, I, I, I agree with Josh that the priority has to be improving the pass rush, but the key is to not overextend yourself. And I'm a little bit wary of some of these rushers that I've seen getting mocked to the Falcons. Um, not so much a Tyree Wilson. I'll go there, but like the Miles Murphy is one in particular that really worries me. Um, he could be very, very good in the NFL, but I just maybe just it's a the, reach. Yeah, yeah, it feels like a reach to me. And I think, honestly, with what the Falcons in this draft, I think maybe – the best opportunity for them would be to potentially trade down. I, I don't know if that will present itself. Maybe I think it would if a quarterback, one of those top quarterbacks slips down, but you know, you can't really go wrong with like a position. I would say in when you, when you draft this year, it just a terms on, it just comes down to what you want to prioritize. All right. 404-741-0929. We got Brandon, the chimney guy up next. You're in the game. Hey, what's going on, guys? <laughs> Appreciate the shout-out. <clears throat> Y'all there? Yep, what you yep. got? Oh, sorry about that. Sorry about that. Yeah, I think uh, uh, we, do, we don't go get a quarterback. I think we should keep Desmond Raider for at least another year or two, see what he does. Uh, I think we should draft the trenches and maybe use our money on maybe one more shiny piece on offense um, and then just kind of see where Desmond Raider is after that two or three years. We have the trenches filled and we have, you know, our, our – um, our pass rush is taken care of, and then we can kind of see what we do with the quarterback. Let me know what you guys think, man. If you need help with chimneys or fire pistols, you got a guy now. <laughs> right, there you go, Brandon. Thanks for the phone call. What do you think, Joe? Yeah, no, I, I, it's funny because in my last response, I kind of totally skipped past my thinking on where the Falcons are at the quarterback position, and that is that I think that they feel like they're set. Like, And, and not that they're set long-term totally, but I think that they're set for wanting to give Ritter an opportunity to go through this next year and see – you know, really what they have in him. Obviously, still, you're going to have a certain amount of evaluation that goes on throughout the course of an entire season. But, you know, I, I really feel like having, you know, talked to some people uh, it, I, that this Falcons organization really believes in Desmond Ritter a lot. That the sauces. I, yeah, and I think that when Arthur Blank uh, joined this show just, you know, what was it, a couple weeks ago, I think that a lot of what he said in that interview was kind of relaying some of the, the, the hype, you know, um, it, some of the highlights that the coaching staff had kind of relayed to him on what how they perceive 
Desmond Ritter, a guy who gets in the building super early every morning to do all the extra work. I think he has to develop physically a little bit. He's still <laughs> quite thin for me. If you see him in person, he's you'd probably think he's like a kicker or something. Wow. Okay. Based on, based yeah. on I, I think he can physically mature a little bit, but I think that what you've seen from him just between the ears and the way he was able to operate the offense in those four games is really, really encouraging, and that's what's going to keep this team away from the quarterback. And if you can go with Desmond Ritter, you have him on basically on average of like $1.5 million per year over the next four years, which gives you a whole lot more freedom to do a lot of other things in terms of acquiring players. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that you have to be worried about if he is, you know, uh, thin, I think is the word that you use to describe <laughs> him, um, is the running. Is yeah, you, yeah. Know, you need to make sure that totally. he's doing that with a purpose uh, vis-a-vis Russell Wilson early in his career. Seemed like he had the, the perfect slide. I think Kyler Murray's another guy that's pretty good at sliding. So if that's going to be a piece of his game, then he needs to be NFL-ready in terms of his body. And I think that only comes with maturity and experience and another year under Coach Smith's system and the nutrition and the weightlifting program. I mean, and listen, Joe, Joe Matt Ryan was no Adonis. Right, either. right. Yeah. I know he's a bigger guy than Ritter, but, you know, it's not exactly like he was squatting 700 yeah. guys, pounds in the weight room. Guys don't have to be jacked, but, uh, yeah, it was just – it kind of struck me. But you're, you're right to bring up that point, Chris, because having the mobility is a really crucial – part of Arthur Smith's offense and it's not necessarily like he's got to go you know run for 50 yards a game like Marcus Mariota was doing but he really likes to use the play action game and get the quarterback into some different launch points so that's really important and uh, I think Ritter Ritter can do that it's just can he withstand the punishment of a full season all right 404-741-0929 if you're on hold stay there taking plenty more of your calls this is the Falcons offseason roundtable with Joe Patrick right here on Dukes and Bell Chris Thomas in for the guys Coming up next, I'm going to ask Joe, if he really is available, should we do it? I think the answer is no. Don't go anywhere. This is Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. <laughs> you might think I'm crazy. Back with you here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It is Chris Thomas in for the guys on Dukes and Bell. Taking you up until 6 p.m. Caleb Johnson comes your way then one half of the dopey millennials. But right now we are entrenched in the middle of the off-season Falcons roundtable. I got my buddy Joe Patrick, our very own Falcons reporter slash insider, as we've determined at the start of the segment, <laughs> in studio with me until 5 p.m. And we got more calls to get to. Any topic for the Falcons is on the table. What questions do you have? 404-741-0929. Blake, you're in the game. You're up next. Hey, can you guys hear me okay? I got you. Gotcha. What's up? Hey, uh, two-part question for you guys, kind of talking about what the fan base ideals are and kind of relating it back to what insiders like Joe have to say. Um, of course, the hot topic I'm sure you guys are going to get to is the Lamar Jackson question, and I'm not a fan of that idea, and I'll explain why. You know, the talent for the quarterback itself, he is undoubtedly a great player, but he's not what the Falcons need. He is, the Falcons are not a quarterback away. Um, and now that he's on the franchise tag, it makes it harder for Atlanta to get. You have to give away a lot of what you've saved up in your cap over the last couple of years and a lot of your draft capital, which isn't much to, to begin with. My, my frustration is that people were complaining about us having the end of Matt Ryan's prime with no roster, but they're the same people saying that we should go out and get this guy who has one career playoff win, hasn't been healthy the last few years, like, why don't we go the short-term, quantity over quality, fill out this roster, 
avoid another cap hell and uh, fix this team. And maybe after he's off the franchise tag in a couple of years, if Desmond isn't the guy, and we realize that, maybe then you consider going for a quarterback. But, yeah, like, why can't we stick to his side and fill out this roster? Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, you got it. Thanks so much for making it. Uh, first of all, I agree with him a thousand percent, mm-hmm. and I've said it on this show before, even earlier today. I am firmly in the camp. Give Ritter the season. Let's see what he's got. You are in, Joe, a once-in-a-lifetime or maybe a once-in-a-decade at minimum situation with the amount of cap space that you have and a free slot of draft picks rocking and rolling and ready to go. If the Falcons go all in, on a Lamar Jackson, on a Justin Fields, on any of these guys that are out there to bring him in, you are sinking so much into one guy of what took you years to unload from this team. That's why I'm sticking with Ritter. I don't know if he's going to be great. It's four games. No one out there listening, not me, you, or even Arthur Smith, can say for 100% that Ritter's going to be the next guy for the Falcons long term. But what I do know is... We have a lot better shot of filling the other holes with the guys that could be the guys at their respective positions than if we trade two first-round picks and then give Lamar Jackson a $200 million contract that's fully guaranteed. Yeah, let's get this out of the way first. Like Lamar Jackson's obviously a great quarterback, MVP you know, type of quarterback. Like, like Any team would like to have a quarterback like that. I thought you know the Super Bowl was very interesting from a Falcons perspective because it kind of shows the two ways that a team can go. It can go the kind of Eagles way, which is, you know, draft a quarterback that you can kind of mold and fit into a system and, and you know, bring it, sign players and build a team, um, a build a really well-rounded team. And the quarterback just kind of has his duties to fulfill. And then you have the Chiefs who have a superstar quarterback, kind of like Lamar Jackson, uh, where you have Patrick Mahomes who can drive your offense completely. And those are two legitimate ways to build a team. Um, the difference for the Falcons in this respect is exactly what you're talking about, where you know, the Chiefs didn't have to trade for Patrick Mahomes. They didn't have to trade away nope. three first-round picks uh, plus some, you know, probably to get him, uh, like the Falcons would have to do if they want to trade for Lamar Jackson. So They that, also already had a starting quarterback. That's right. That's right. So so you ha- you take that into account. And then here's the other, uh, the other thing, and this is why I don't want to just disparage Lamar Jackson, but, you know, this Falcons offense is not one like the Chiefs where you're going to drop back 40 times in a game and let Patrick Mahomes work. Um, that's not the way it would operate, I don't think, even if Lamar Jackson was to come into Arthur Smith's system. Arthur Smith wants to run the ball, and certainly Lamar Jackson, if you were to bring him into the Falcons, would be a part of that rushing offense. But you just don't need to give up so much equity in your team to add to uh, you know a, a, an offense that might have the quarterback throwing 25 times a game, ideally. Uh, you know, it's just does, just doesn't make sense to me in that respect. Um, Lamar Jackson would fit this offense, I think. I just don't sure. think that the what you would have to give up to get him, plus pay him the $50 million contract a year that he'd probably be asking for, would be worth it for this Falcons team where you have, fi- to your point, you finally clamped, cleared the road for you ahead, and you can, you know, there's a, you, any myriad of options are there for you. And it's not like there's nobody at quarterback. Like I think Desmond Ritter really showed something last year. I know some people want to poo-poo it because it was only four games, but I think you have to look at those four games and say, okay, well, what did we see in these four? It was actually promising. It's something that you feel like you can build on going forward. And so I just don't feel like it's worth it for the Falcons to do that. No, I, I wholeheartedly agree. You've, this, this took too long. There was too much buildup for this. 
and you're simply in a position that you're not going to be in for a very long time. Let's keep it rolling. 404-741-0929. JR, also in traffic. I'm noticing a theme here today, guys. <laughs> JR, you're in the game. Hey, fellas. What's happening in the game, though? How you guys doing? What, <laughs> what's up, man? Hey, man, I was just listening to a lot of key factors and points that a lot of people had, and I agree with a lot of them. But I think the main thing uh, that Atlanta has to do is, is uh, follow the template of what the Eagles, the Bengals, and what Jacksonville did. Now, I'm not saying being a you know a heavy spender in free agency, but just find guys that make sense. Me personally, guys, if we can get a center, left guard, D tackle, defensive end, um, I'm kind of cool with that to kind of get everything to the draft. But the point that I want to make, and I think a lot of people have to uh, factor in, is the fact that we got the Hey, his name is uh, missing. I think it's Jerry Gray, the guy that we hired from Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Not only is he the secondary coach, you know, he's the assistant head. So I think he's going to put his stamp this offseason on the secondary. I wouldn't be shocked if we went cornerback at number eight, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, you got it. And that's actually something I was going to get to, 404 the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. we got a bunch of texts to get to. We'll do that in the next segment. But one texter said, if Stroud or Young are there at eight, would you consider taking them? No, I wouldn't. There's too many other needs. This Joe, I'm putting a line in the sand. These three positions are being taken in the first, second, and third round. No exceptions. Let me know if I'm wrong. Yeah. Interior defensive line, mm-hmm. offensive lineman, cornerback. Mm-hmm. No exception. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I None. agree. I agree. It, you know, I think that if if Stroud or Young is kind of, it feels fanciful to think that if Bryce Young might be there uh, at there's number no eight. There's no shot of that. There's <laughs> right. no, CJ Stroud, there's like a 5% chance. Right. Bryce Young, there's right. 0%. But chance. I think if, if one of those players is there, I mean, I think the best thing the Falcons can do is trade down at that point because at that point, that they're probably the last kind of one of these top tier quarterbacks left. And I think teams would give up a whole heck of a lot to be able to move up in that slot because if they want, you know, a quarterback of that caliber, they're going to have to, you know, they're, they're going to be desperate essentially uh, to, to get that quarterback before anybody else. So I think the Falcons would have a ton of leverage. And I think it would be great for them when you're watching this draft. If, you know, one of these top quarterbacks is slipping down the board, I think it spells good things for this Falcons team. But I agree. I, I think that they should, you know, I, I don't think that they need to target a quarterback. And on the drafting the quarterback spot, if you draft a quarterback here, what, is this, what does that do to Desmond Ritter? Is that just, you know, he's basically a waste for you at that point? He's just, I'd hope not. I mean, because he was a third-round pick. I, I mean, agree. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I would hope so. not either. It's just it, To me, it just would not make sense for this team to have drafted a quarterback last year that you then started for four games and you saw good things and you legitimately like – and then you draft a quarterback again in the first round. I just, I just don't see that happening. And, um, yeah, I agree with the caller that, you know, I think that this defense, the, this draft will be kind of def- very defense-focused. And the whole Falcons offseason strategy, I think, is going to be heavily defense-laden because we, we have so many pieces set up here um, to be effective offensively, especially with, you know, this offensive line that really emerged last year. There aren't nearly as many question marks as we thought we would have at this point. Uh, I think that, yeah, defense is going to be – the way that this team builds itself up to be a, a playoff contender. 404-741-0929. We're in the middle of the Falcons offseason roundtable. Chris Thomason for Dukes and Bell this afternoon, taking you up until 6 p.m. we got our main man, Joe Patrick, in studio, taking your Falcons questions and calls. Allison in Atlanta, you're up next. How's everybody doing? Hey, doing what's great. up? Hi. 
Good, good. I have a, a couple of comments and questions. Um, in terms of Kyle Pitts, what is our expectation for him? This will be year three for him, uh, and he and granted, he's coming off of an in- injury. So would it be a good idea to maybe if we could get a veteran uh, tight end via free agency to, you know, somebody we're not paying a whole ton of money to just to come in and maybe help him out, um, just to kind of help him get his, you know, get his sea legs back, um, you know, in terms of the offense. About maybe moving uh, Cordero Patterson to the wide receiver room and drafting another uh, running back to add to that room to see what we have there. And I know, you know, we we've talked about the, the defense and everything, and I definitely appreciate you guys' comments on that because we all know where we are defensively. But those were my questions on the offensive side, more or less, especially uh, expectations for Kyle going into his third year. Thank you so much for the phone call, Allison. Two good questions. Mm-hmm. I think. Now, I, I, you could correct me if I'm wrong. Is Michael Pruitt still under contract? Uh, I think uh, – actually, I don't know. Uh, he's I, can, I can look it Eric, up. Producer Eric's saying no. right now he's not. No. Well, you know what? They need I to think bring he'll be his, a target. They yeah. need to bring his butt right back up there, and I need to see a lot of two tight end formations. Mm-hmm. He was good. And I think that he would legitimately, you know, sign back with this team for reasons beyond money. I mean, obviously money is going to be the driving force, but he's a player that's familiar with Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith is very familiar with him going all the way back to Tennessee. So, yeah, I, I, th- I think that Michael Pruitt's going to be the guy um, that kind of is the understudy to Kyle Pitts. I think Allison Br- does bring up a legitimate question as to, like, what this tight end room should look like, you know, and I think that you all you need a kind of inline blocker that will, uh, you know, be work in tandem with some of these guys, especially considering that, you know, Arthur Smith basically runs two tight ends as his kind of base formation. But Parker Hesse, he's a he's a starter for this team. Everybody should just consider him as one of the the, the starters on offense because he's on the field maybe more than just about any other. I look player. at him as like a tweener, like he's an, a decent blocker. He's a decent receiver. I think we need another Lee Smith type in here. Mm. Hand in the dirt guy, maybe a little overweight, but can still catch the ball. And he he knows his primary job is to help that offensive line block. Yeah. We have our glamour guy. That's number eight. Yeah. Don't get it twisted. And by the way, health wise, he will be hundred percent full go, ready to go this you know, when when we get up to next season. Uh I think Kyle Pitts is going to break out and have his best year of his NFL career next year. I thought that him just being partnered with Marcus Mariota, frankly, they just did not have a connection. Despite the fact that you know they said he said all the right things, Kyle credit to him for not kind of being pushy about his lack of targets and such uh while he was still healthy. But I think that he will clearly have a better rapport with Desmond Ritter going into next year. And that's why I would expect uh, really, really big things from him. And from this whole offense, I think it's going to really open things up. All right, one more before we catch a break here. 404-741-0929. Great job on the phones. Keep them coming. We got another segment coming up with Joe. Ben and Griffin, you're up next in the game. What's up, y'all? How y'all doing? What's up, man? Hey, nothing much. Uh, Look, I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but I just wanted to talk a little bit about Desmond Ritter. Uh, One thing I think people are overlooking when it comes to the discussion about Ritter and uh, maybe getting a new quarterback is uh, I feel like with Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith coming in and they drafted Desmond Ritter, if we're going already in the next year and getting another quarterback to take his place, doesn't that say something about how they uh, evaluate and draft players? Uh, You know, not to say that they're thinking about getting another quarterback, but, you know, that's the word out there. Uh, That's it. Thanks. 
Yeah, I totally agree. That, that's exactly kind of the point. Drop, uh, drop the, the mic <laughs> moment there. We got the, we got the boop. <laughs> that's kind of the point that I was making where like, it, it really would show that you're kind of flying by the seat of your pants if you go ahead and draft a quarterback here after you know what you went through and you spent a year basically developing Desmond Ritter. And again, this team really, really likes Desmond Ritter. He's a guy who's like one of the first ones in the building every day. You know, I think that that's going to be the future for this team. You know, a couple of texts. I'm going to bring this up. There's a guy that we didn't discuss that a couple of texters have written in about a question that we were just asked about. And this guy, I think, could fill the position, but we just haven't seen it yet. So we'll get to that and much more next. Keep those phone calls coming. 404-741-0929. This is the Falcons Offseason Roundtable with Joe Patrick and Chris Thomas in for Dukes and Bell. Right here, Sports Radio 929 The Game. Taking plenty more of your phone calls till the top of the hour. Joe Patrick is in studio with yours truly. Chris Thomas in for the guys on Dukes and Bell. Sports Radio 92.9. The game before we get back to your phone calls, 404-741-0929. I did tease this, so we're going to pay it off. A couple of texters texted in when we were talking about tight ends, and they brought up the name John Fitzpatrick, who's interesting because we haven't really seen what he can do yet, and he got injured, and he's an unproven commodity, but I think you can have your cake and eat it too there. I think you could still bring back Michael Pruitt and have John Fitzpatrick as your third option too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 totally. I mean, you know what's interesting about Fitzpatrick is I kind of thought when he was drafted, I thought that the Falcons might be curious in how they develop him and potentially even developing him into an offensive tackle. But I feel like having seen him just around the locker room throughout the season – uh, he looks as lean and like as kind of athletic looking as as much as you can you know understand that from just looking at a guy in his street clothes than I saw from him even like when he was drafted. So I feel like he's really leaned down and he is going to be a contender for this tight end position in this group. I, I, that's not what I want though. I want I want big brawly guy <laughs> yeah. with a with a beard that sticks out of the helmet and he's got a little bit of a gut. And he's putting his hand down, and he knows what his role is on this team. I don't need another guy. As we said last segment, we have the unicorn in Kyle Pitts. He's going to get all the targets that the tight ends need to get. I'm not worried about that. Well, he was already a bigger kind of guy. You know, he's 6'5". He was 6'5", 250 is what he was listed at coming out of the draft. So Now you're um, saying what? He looks like he's, what, 235, No, I wouldn't say, uh, no, probably not. I mean, maybe he's probably still around the same same weight. He's probably just leaned down a little bit. Shifted added, it around a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, uh, the first year in the in the professional weight weight uh, weight room can always do always do good. I mean, I That's think what you were trying to do, by the way. I know we're trying to shift some <laughs> of this right. from from this middle new year, general. New year, vicinity. new me. New year, yeah. new. Did, did new you John. hear the controversy, by the way? No, no. Because I, I know I know you're in the gym and you're trying to get in shape too. So I'm trying to do the do the damn thing, and I've been cooking my own meals, and I put uh, my meals in the microwave when I get here to eat during the show. And, you know, I'm trying some new foods, and I'm not exactly sure how long it needs to cook in the microwave. Mm -hmm. So I put in, like, a minute, minute and a half, and then I keep hitting 10 seconds if it needs more. Right. So John Chuckery thought because I didn't clear out the 10-second timer that I was an unholy savage and leaving the kitchen in a a place of unholy (laughs) mess that I shouldn't be allowed to work here anymore. And then Dylan, my guy, Dylan Matthews, who I thought would have my back, Doubles down on the John Chuckery show. For not clearing out the For time? not clearing out the 10 seconds that I left on the, mic- what? On the microwave. They Who thought these I people? was. Right. Have okay. these people ever lived with roommates? Like, so, come on. So here's the That's kicker. A... Here's the kicker. The next day, 
I notice when I'm filling up my water bottle, the uh, refrigerator's a little open. Oh. And you know what happened? Someone tried to stick their dinner in the refrigerator, didn't fit, door wide open. Oh, my goodness. Letting everybody's food and drink go to waste at the entire station. So I said to Dylan and John, if you're going to throw stones, it better not be from a glass house. <laughs> so a little 92.9 The Game crime here. Uh, as JC and, and that Dylan. Has, that, the the refrigerator door being open has actual physical repercussions. Right, the the seconds on the clock is it's like literally takes one button. second to clear that out. Exactly of there. my point. That is and my. You're going to be pushing buttons on the microwave anyway to be able to if you're going to use it to be set something. Some sensibility has arrived. 404-741-0929. Back to the phones. Devin in Kansas City, Missouri. You're up next. What you got? Hey fellas. So if uh. If the Falcons do draft a quarterback at eight, I promise you I'm going to go buy my homes and a Kelsey jersey that day and become a Chiefs fan. <laughs> there you it's go. It, it, it makes no sense to go draft a quarterback when you it's a, it's an unknown proven commodity. So uh, now unless we – it's two things that I won't have a problem with. If we were to trade for Lamar, I'm cool with that because that's an upgrade. Because if you think about it between – Mariota and Ritter, we won seven games. You you put Lamar in that situation, I can easily see maybe maybe nine or even ten wins. Then if you focus all, all our money and, that, and everything towards the defense, sure up the line, and I agree with the previous caller about drafting the cornerback. I myself personally, I love Joey Porter. When I take Joey Porter Jr. with, uh, with uh, AJ, I, I'll take that any day. If we focus our free agent money on, on uh, you know, like building depth on defense and everything of that nature. So, yeah, no quarterback, build through the draft. Well, not build through the draft, but free agency. I'm with that. All right, Devin, thank you so much for the phone call. And that's exactly where we've been at this entire conversation. You have so much capital. You have so much to gain and everything to lose by sinking all of your assets into guys like Lamar Jackson or Justin Fields. They're not – good enough to carry the team on their back to take you to a Super Bowl. They're not Brady. They're not Mahomes. They're not Rodgers. Those are not the type of guys that you can say, we're having a down season. I'm going to put the team on my back and get us five more wins. Lamar Jackson needs a system around him. Why hasn't he been up to his MVP form? Two things, both detriments to signing him. One, team hasn't been, let's put it politely, giving him exactly Hall of Fame wide receivers and running <laughs> yeah. backs to work with. He has Mark Andrews. He had Hollywood Brown. Now he has J.K. Dobbins, who's also always hurt, by the way. And secondly, he's always hurt. He didn't make the last two postseasons, guys. What if the Falcons win 11 games, make it to the playoffs, and in the second quarter you know, of the first round of the playoffs, he blows a knee? I mean, it's just it's, it's not enough of a sample size yet for that guy to say, He's the singular difference maker for this team to win a Super Bowl. And if you commit all those resources and all that money to him, that's what you're declaring him as. And I don't see him as that for me. And certainly not Justin Fields. He's been in the league for two minutes. He's not the type of player that's fully developed. He's closer to what this team needs in terms of timeline mm -hmm. and pay scale and pay structure. But you're going to have to give up a crap ton to get him. And that's the problem. You know what I love about our callers today is that they're really smart and, like, way more plugged in, obviously, on the Falcons than a lot of, like, the uh, national pundits and things who, you know, project and, pro you know, prognosticate, like, who's going to go where and everything. 
it's so funny to me when I hear national pundits either call for, you know, mock the Falcons to draft a quarterback or or for them to go sign like Derek Carr. Like, like that's not going to happen. I see one. And they, see, they look at the roster and they're like, oh, Desmond Ritter, yeah. start four games. That's the only quarterback they have. Clearly, they need a quarterback. Uh, but there's so much more to it than that. And uh, it's it's good to see our callers kind of. Um, being as kind of uh, against the, the, especially the drafting the quarterback. That's the really big one that just doesn't make any sense. I see one of those lists from either ESPN or Bleacher Report where it's like potential landing spots. Look at Lamar Jackson in a Falcons uniform. And then it's like slide to the next slide. Look at Derek Carr in a Jets uniform. (laughs) It's like enough of that. I don't want to see any of that. You're just trying to create controversy and get people to comment, right. which they do. Right, the right, suckers, of course. The suckers do. Yeah. But that's not what we're looking for here. Our, I just want to add one more thing yep, on yep, your yep. point to Lamar Jackson. And we were kind of talking about this in a previous segment. But on, on the injury thing, like, yeah, like sometimes players get hurt. Sometimes they don't. It's hard to really predict that. But just if it were to happen, if he were to get – if you trade three first-round picks for him and you devote give him a $50 million contract a year, and then he does get hurt at some point, that's going to hurt you doubly because your you do, because your roster is going to be weaker because the money isn't there to to give to other players to sign free agency and you don't have the draft picks obviously coming up through the ranks so like you're really just hamstringing yourself you're putting so much capital it's not just like Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs like getting a big contract it's more than that you you would you would probably you, there would be more invested in, in Lamar Jackson than any quarterback in the NFL and yes while if he's healthy and playing and the team is healthy, it would sure be exciting. Like it would be thrilling to right. be at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. But, look but for long-term many, success winning a Super Bowl, I don't know. Look how many times you just said, but if and. <laughs> right. Yeah, but I this, know. if this and that all happens and everything works and the sun's shining and it's 72 <laughs> degrees and, you know. And there's no traffic. Right. And all of a sudden I wake up tomorrow and I'm 185 pounds and chiseled, then, you know, everything's good. All right, 404-741-0929. Ryan and Marietta, you're up next. Hey, gentlemen, thanks for taking my call. What's up, man? Hey, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in 100% agreement with you about the quarterback in the first round this year. That's just – that's people who just don't know Atlanta and, and the Falcons roster. That's so silly. I think a lot of their first-round pick is going to be predicated – on what they do in free agency this year. Um, you know, I think they have options. I could see them going with, you know, depending on what they do, if they sign McGarry I mean, or, or not, I could see them going with a guy like Paris Johnson. I could see them going like a guy like Brian Breesey, but I think they have to address the trenches. But I really wanted to pick y'all's brain on our second-round pick. And you guys had brought up the tight end position, and I wanted to throw a name out there that's kind of slated in that, late first, early second, and it's also a guy from Georgia, and that's Darnell Washington. He would be the absolute most perfect fit for the Falcons' offense. He's a massive target. He's like a sixth offensive lineman on the field. He's a mismatch nightmare for linebackers and safeties. He has enough athleticism to where he can make catches, but in the run game, I mean, he would be just the the greatest thing that Arthur Smith, I would think, would salivate over to get. And uh, just kind of curious on what your thoughts were and if you even think that he's going to be possible, you know, with that eighth pick in the second round. Thanks, guys. You got it. Um, I'm not touching an offensive player outside of an offensive lineman, like I said, for the first three rounds. And there's no exception to that. 
I don't care who's there. I don't care if the I don't care if the second best wide receiver on the board is there with the eighth pick in the second round. I'm not doing it. The Falcons need to build. They they spent the last two drafts, guys, drafting the glamour positions. They drafted a tight end who's kind of half a tight end. He's really a receiver, and then they drafted a number one receiver. I'm so I'm sorry, Joe. I'm not taking the glamour position. Yeah, it, it's hard for me to see that one happening as well. And you know what? I, I can really kind of doubly piss people off, which by reinstating. Parker Hesse is a starter for this team. Arthur Smith loves Parker Hesse more than maybe any <laughs> other player on this offense. Um, and that's the guy who's going to be paired opposite uh, Kyle Pitts. Like, that's just that's just how it is. I, I hate to break it to everybody. Don't know Washington. You know, it, I, to this, I'll give Ryan this. Like, it would be very much like a money ball approach, and I think it would fit with what the Falcons like to do offensively to have two premier tight ends in the system, two guys who can you know block and catch, and you can do all sorts of different things with that. Uh, but I just don't, at the end of the day, think that that's the way it's going to go. I will say something that Ryan said that's also very important is we will be informed as to how the Falcons are going to go about the draft based on based upon who they sign in free agency before that. We'll have a better picture of this roster and what this team looks like and what the real needs of it are. Um, so that's a good point by Ryan. Very good point. Uh, one more before we run here. Road Dog in Atlanta. What's up? You got the final word. Hey, man, that, that guy's not going to be around a by the second round. He, he's going to go in the first round. I, man, we need to keep Ritter, roll with Ritter, and focus on defense. And I just pray we don't get fields, man. If, 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 if Chicago don't want what we need with him, you know, that, that's all I got to say. Let's ride with Ritter, show the defense. That's all I got to say. Thanks, Road Dog. Appreciate it. That's a good way to sum up everything we've talked about. Joe, yeah. thank you very much for coming in, sir. Thanks for having me on, Chris. We'll do it again. Yeah. Um, yeah, guys, the Falcons just have so many questions that need answering. That's why we brought in our man Joe Patrick. Great job on the phones. I got one more hour left to play with you guys. We haven't heard from producer Eric in a while, so he's going to be up next. He's got a six-pack of questions for me, four sports and two life. What did I have for breakfast? How many times a week do I shower? You might not want to know the answer to that one, but if he asks, I'm going to answer. Don't go anywhere. It is Chris Thomas in for Dukes and Bell Sports Radio, 99 The Game.